AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Great episode with Ben Rector, episode 333. And this guy plays massive shows. Just known for how good of a singer, how good of a performer he is. And was super pumped to have him over at the house. Uh, ben was born in Tulsa, studied piano growing up. He talked about how, like everybody else, he quit playing piano. Did we put on the thing how violent a singer he is? Is that on here? Yeah, he starts talking about that, about how loud he speaks. Yeah, he, he talks about, he's like, I just sing so violently. He <laughs> doesn't look like a guy who would sing violently. He looks like a guy who would just sing a pleasant little ditty. <laughs> but his new record is really good, and that's really why he's here. Um, and also, at the end, we kind of talk about him playing golf and how he really wasn't a golfer, but now he's really, really good. Uh, so Ben Rector, this is fun for me. And I think you'll, I just think you'll like his album. I think you'll like the music that's already out right now, too. You know, such, such fun, such positive music. Uh, ben Rector, I'm going to play it for you now. Anything you want to say, Mike, before we hit it? I think that's the first time I heard about him. He sold out a show here in town, like a big amphitheater. And I was like, who's Ben Rector? But it's a like sold a out big, show. A big amphitheater. Yeah, and yeah. I hadn't heard of him. The Snoop Dogg story is funny that you'll hear in this, how he got Snoop Dogg on a record. Yeah, it's great. Because it doesn't, you know, like Ben Rector and Snoop Dogg are together? Hopefully I'm introducing you to an artist that you love from here out. This is Ben Rector. Enjoy. Hello. Ooh, sounds sounds good. Here yeah, we, we go. really matched it to your voice. So. We, we took some clips of your voice. <laughs> we kind of put them through. We made the we condensed the mic to your voice, so it if should you, sound perfect. If I was singing, I would just I would I would blow this up. It's so so loud. Are, it do you need it? You need it down? No, no, no. Your volume's right there. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm more saying just the amount of sound that I emit when I sing is embarrassing. Are you it's a loud, loud singer? So loud. I've performed with a few really violently loud singers. John Party. I don't know if you know who that is. I know. Yeah. Yep. He. It's scary at how he's not angry, but he treats his voice like it did something bad to him. Yeah, I I just don't um, I don't know why it is, but I just I, I'm very loud, and I'm not. It's not even aggressive necessarily. It doesn't sound like that if you heard it recorded, but if you heard me like in person, you'd be like, "Wow, that is just a lot of noise." Has that always been the case? Or yeah, it has been. Yeah, since you started singing young. 
Yeah, I don't, and I don't, I, I don't know why that is. What's, what's the deal with your, your music prowess? Meaning, did you have a family that was musical early on? No, I'm from Oklahoma, and my dad worked at banks, and my mom's a psychologist, and nobody in my family is like, it's not a thing that's like, oh, you take after your uncle, like my dad sang in choir. But it's not a thing. And so I don't really understand it. And I picked it up late in life. Like I played piano as a kid, like took lessons, but quit like every kid. And then like picked up guitar in maybe like eighth grade or something. And I just loved it. I just was all into it. So who put the guitar in your hand? I'm trying to remember this. I I don't, I took like, I took like a little bit of lessons again when I was a kid and quit. And I don't remember why I picked it back up. I think maybe I just wanted to. And then I went to like a summer camp and every counselor played guitar and I was like, that's awesome. So then after that, I started being like, I'm going to be into this. Well, were your parents the parents then that exposed you to a lot of different things, seeing what would catch? I, I think they, um, music wasn't really a thing they exposed me to. And they did expose the other stuff. Like I played a, a bunch of sports growing up, like all through school. What if you get a piano lessons though? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But, it, it, they, they, but it wasn't like... Um, when I picked music up again, it was really more like, wow, I really love this. It wasn't my parents being like, do you want to get into music again? It was just like, I don't know what it was about it, but it just like hit me probably like really in like my ninth grade year. I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm really into this. But other than that, I was just like, I played sports and, you know, it, it wasn't really a thing that my family was like, you should check this out. It just kind of like happened. When you say you played sports, were you a pretty good athlete? Were you... Because what is really annoying about a lot of people in town is that not only are they great in music, but they are also great in something else. Like, <laughs> there are some of us who weren't great at anything, and then there are some <laughs> of you who were great at too many things, and the average it averages out. <laughs> but it's some of you got to keep all of it. Uh, uh, so I, I would say this: I was a, as a late bloomer, and I'm probably more athletic now than I was in high school. I was not like a game changer athlete. It wasn't like oh, like I'm in the game, and now the team's like really winning but if we played like pickup sports you would be like you're more athletic than i thought you were but i would so when i was in high school like i played high school sports not particularly well i quit everything senior year because i was just doing music but i was not like i wasn't like changing the game for anybody but i think that's also because i was playing sports that i was never going to be good at like i played like football and baseball i I was not not a big person now but i definitely wasn't then i'm not fast so i think if i had like if I had played golf or like tennis or something, I maybe could have been like, oh, you're like pretty good at this, but I didn't play anything like that. So like, I would say I'm coordinated, but I'm not, you know, like a guy like, you know, I think they're, especially in country, there are guys who are like legitimate, like proper, like capital A athletes. I wasn't like that, but am like maybe sneaky good for pickup sports. When you say you played music in high school, your senior year, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Like, were you playing around? Were you yeah. Playing so, so solo acoustic stuff or what? Yeah, so I had, we had a band that we formed for a battle of the bands. Named? Euromart. It's terrible. <laughs> it's really, it's not okay, great. Okay, talk me through this. What's, <laughs> what's the basis of Euro? Because you're living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There's not a lot of Euro. No. That. Okay, so uh, we, as every kid my age did, that was when like, you know, some of pop music was like Coldplay. There was like a, a sort of British rock wave. And um, we liked that music. And there was a small, like, would you call it like an import store? It was like um, a European, like, 
very small grocery store, kind of in a part of town that there was a restaurant we ate at next to them. And so we we had to come up with a name for the band because we had entered into this battle that bands put on by the local newspaper. And we were like, well, we need a name for our submission. And so I was like, what about Euromart? And we all agreed. <laughs> it's not It's not great, man. It's not great. What's funny is you're from Oklahoma. I know. That's the funniest part I of know, it. I know, I yeah. know. And so I, I, we, we, we played shows. We like made an EP and did that. And then I, you know, I was, I started performing more in high school and then in college was when I was like, I'm like really doing this. So, but I, I was like, you know, that year we like, you know, we weren't playing like in bars all the time, but like we played around Tulsa a bunch. Like our our friends would follow us around. It was like kind of a thing. So when did Euromart split? As was, <laughs> was it, when you went to college, did some of Euromart uh, actually move off? Or? Yeah, you know, we split up. And we went to we went to college different places mostly. We played one reunion show, no big deal. Um, <laughs> it was hilarious. The, I've, and the my whole like career of being a young artist was always. I would play at like, you know, a bar slash bar venue and nobody knew who I was at the bar. And then a whole bunch of people would come and they'd get excited and then nobody would buy booze because it was a bunch of like 19 year olds who were all like pretty straight laced. So we played at a bar called 1974 in Tulsa for the Euromart reunion show. They're (laughs) stoked because it's sold out. The bar people are like, this is incredible, man. And then of course, like at the end of the night, I'm getting a stern talking to by the manager being like, we didn't sell anything. I was like, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what to tell you. Everyone's like a kid here. Were but, you the lead singer? I mean, was your role front man? I was front man, yes. I, I, yeah, I, and I, I, at that point, I'm not a great instrumentalist now, but I, I, I picked up piano late and guitar. Like I was fine, but it wasn't like watch me shred. I was like, you know, we had other guys in the band that were a little better than I was. Did you learn something about the band dynamic then that made you reconsider being in a band later or made you just want to be a solo artist? You know, um, it, I don't, it wasn't really like after Euromart, I was like, I'm not going to be in a band. I think the people, when I was in college and I started like touring a little bit, the people that I saw like ahead of me were all solo artists. And I think I realized um, I loved playing with some of the guys in Euromart, but like I think I was like I'm probably supposed to be like a solo artist because I you know I loved like John Mayer and whoever and that just made more sense to me. Um, and I, like I I played a lot of shows alone. It wasn't really like always a band thing. Euromart literally was we formed for the Battle of the Bands because we thought it'd be fun. It was just like a fun side project. Well, here's a clip of one of the songs from an EP. This is Euromart. I'm just kidding. I, oh my God, I was I like, oh my gosh, where did you find it? We don't have that. That would have been awesome. No. <laughs> so you you go when you're from Tulsa. Are you from Tulsa proper, or because my wife is from um, you know a suburb of Tulsa? Yes. So are you from Tulsa, Tulsa? From Tulsa proper. My family, um, my sisters are a lot older than I am, and so the first two years of my life, and then their whole life, we lived in a really small town west of Oklahoma City called El Reno, which is like a proper small town. It's like cattle and ranchers and us. Um, not us, like we were the other people, but like it's just not a big town. And so we, they moved to Tulsa um, when I was two and we lived there ever since. So just like suburban Tulsa. You decided to go to the University of Arkansas. Yep. Why? Was it something at that school? Was it because it was close? My sister, my middle sister went there and loved it. And then I, which is really funny because in hindsight, I'm pretty like... um I'm a little OCD, like want to do a good job at stuff. And for whatever reason, college, I wasn't stressed about it. I didn't apply to very many places. I applied to like OU, OSU, and Arkansas, I think. 
And um, I did reasonably well on the or the ACT. And so Arkansas was like, do you want to come here for like a great scholarship? And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Um, and so I was familiar with it because of my sister and I had visited there and really liked it. And then when I uh, got that scholarship, I was like, this seems like the thing to do. And then my, my best friend from high school also went there. We were roommates. He was in Euromart, no big deal. Um, of Euromart fame, Chris Wiley. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, but it was great. It was, felt like, it just felt like where I was supposed to be. And, uh, it was awesome. So you're now in college where mm-hmm. there are more like-minded people. Yep. You know, in Tulsa, there are people, but they're not close to you. They're kind of spread out. And sure. Some of them heck have left to go yep. pursue it. Yep. But at the University of Arkansas or any major college, mm-hmm. you have a lot of people there just to do music. Yep. Did you find more of, you type people there that inspired you to to do music you know what's actually interesting is i studied business there and i started doing music like on the weekends pretty much um and it's interesting because i think there was one second where i was like should i move to nashville and go to belmont and i think i was it actually was really beneficial for me to be at a school that wasn't primarily musical because i was it was an interesting thing to people like uh, it was very helpful kind of in like my music spreading that basically like second semester of freshman year, people were like, well, there's a guy on campus that's like kind of doing music. That was a novel thing. And so I think it spread a little quicker than if I had been at a music school where it's like literally every person who goes to Berkeley is like, I'm trying to do this too. Right. And so that I was doing it like passably was very novel in Fayetteville. And there, there's a lot of great musicians there, but it wasn't like, like I would practice in the music building and there were some guys that I played music with, but I wasn't like in the music scene in Fayetteville. I was literally just like a Walton College of Business student. And then on Thursdays, I would leave and go play shows. What were you studying? Like, what was the business plan? I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of it was my parents are very practical. And if I had been like, I'm going to drop out of school to do music, my mom would have like, probably like broken my legs in real life and been like you can't do this um and so I, I don't know i i didn't feel drawn to study music um at arkansas i can't sight read i know like chord theory and like musical theory but like i never learned to like sight read music and i you know i took a songwriting class there but it wasn't like i should be studying this and honestly man i just loved it so much i was stealing time from everything else. Like I'd go to the music building at night and in between classes and I'd skip class. Like it was just like a passion thing for me. And so I didn't feel like, well, I should be studying music. I was just like, well, I'm at college. I'll get a degree. Um, and business seemed like as good a thing as any. Um, but I, music was like separate from that almost. I want to come back to this place, but I want to jump around a bit. And I do want to talk about the new album, which we'll spend some time on. Mm. But I was talking to Mike beforehand and I said, hey, because I've heard the stuff that you've released from it. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of the promo stuff mm-hmm. that you do uh, because I'm a stalker and I love you so much. But um, <laughs> how did you get Snoop? How does that come together? Do you reach out? Do you pay him? What's the deal? Yeah, so, um, I, you know, I'm usually a pessimist and, like, it's hard for me to, like, be optimistic about stuff. I have, like, high expectations for my work, but then I'm not, like, a hype man for myself. And for whatever reason, man, on this record, I've just had this calm that I've never had before and I've just been like I think it's gonna work and I don't know what that means but so when I wrote that song when I finished it I was just like I really want Snoop to be on this song and I think he's gonna do it and that's so so unlike me and so basically I called my manager Greg and I sent him the song I was like we gotta get Snoop to rap on this and he was like okay I guess we'll try to track him down 
Um, so we talked to his, I think, manager named Kevin. And he was like, I like the song, but before we talk about anything, got to make sure Snoop likes the song. And in my newfound optimism, I was like, he's going to love it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was like, I think I like it. So Snoop liked it. And then we did, we did pay him some uh, US dollars, as you do. Um, Especially with rappers. Like, rappers need to be paid. It's a thing. Yeah. And, and, and I, but honestly, like, there's other features on the record. And I was just like, that sounds fun to just like have people on your songs. Cause I feel like people in hip hop do that so well. And it's, it's fun for listeners. You're like, oh, like, I love these two people. Yeah. This is great. And so, uh, I thought it would be super fun to get Snoop one, just cause my ninth grade self would just like melt out of excitement. But two, it's super unexpected and odd for me. And I just was like, that would be perfect. And he really is a fit for the song. So, uh, there was some back and forth, just like trying to figure everything out. It was actually while he was doing the Olympics with Kevin Hart, they were doing that like commentary. The summer Olympics. Yes. Yeah. And so basically, uh, we got everything worked out, but then he didn't do it for like, a week or so because he was having to get up real early to do this and i was still like you know he was everywhere like the new york times did a piece on him right around then he's in the olympics i was like he's not gonna do this like he's why would he want to do this and so he ended up actually doing it which is awesome and I, it's still funny to me so like listening to mixes for the record my daughter who's four liked this song and she would occasionally tell strangers she'd like my dad has this new funny guy snoop on a song and i was like jane and I don't, people probably don't believe her, but I was like, he's not new. I guess he's kind of funny, but it's still wild to me that he did it. It's really fun. Whenever you get a rapper on a track, mm -hmm. I have other friends in music who have done the same thing, who've gotten hip hop artists. Yep. And it's different than country artists because they can, country artists kind of just trade. Yep. Like, I'll give you one, but you're going to give me one 100%. later. And, yeah. that's, and, and I feel like for like uh, that, I, I think that's the way that it goes like for that kind of stuff. And then singer songwriter world too. And it, I just feel like rap is a different, there, there's, that marketplace has been like worked out. It's like, here's how we do this. So Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a formula. Totally. Yes. And so with that though, when you ask Snoop to do something, do you go, hey, give me this many bars and just write whatever you want? Do you, do you kind of go here, <laughs> listen to the song, come up yeah. with your own? So I, I, I was feeling it out and I'm, I'm like a total control freak. So it was a little weird. So basically his guy, after we worked everything out, he's like, okay, just so you know, this is how it goes. Snoop does this one time. There's oh, no wow. redos. It's not like, you know, he and they're like, he's the best, but he's going to do it one time. You give us the money, we'll give you the track. That's it. And so Greg, my manager is like, you sure you want to do this? And I was like, we came all this way, man. Yeah, let, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Which again, not at all like me. We did confirm that it was going to be uh, clean because I was like, you know, I, I don't have any misconceptions that snoop has like followed my music closely for many years i was like just so you know like we gotta we gotta keep this like pretty pg and so there's a there's a bit of a a saga there so i'm like let's do it he sends the tracks and uh i wasn't gonna tell the story but i will basically the second line so the song is called sunday uh his first line is you got me feeling like chick-fil-a was open on a sunday and then his second line after we've waited you know for like 10 days kind of on pins and needles is like they legalized green and made it the national blunt day. And I was just like, oh, Snoop, come on, man. So I I got that, I got like the files like in the middle of the night one night and I woke up to him at like seven. And so I'm just immediately panicking where it's like, I just paid Snoop to wrap my record and now I can't use it. So I like go out to my studio and I'm like flying stuff around. And so basically I ended up rapping over him a couple of times on lines that I was like, I don't really like that. And uh, I talked to Greg and I was like, okay, I fixed it. And he was like, well, I don't know if we can do that. Like we can't necessarily edit what he sent us. And so then it was a whole nother thing. 
but uh, he ended up being cool about it. And it actually ended up being, I think, cool because it feels like we're like doing back and forth. But it was totally, you know, I was out on a limb already from what I would usually do asking him to do the song. And then when they were like, he's only going to do this once, I was like, let's do it. Uh, but it ended up great. And I, I did, I asked him to do the intro and he did that, which is really kind of him. But so that's, that's how it went. I, I didn't know if it was like, do you want me to write this? Or do you want some pointers? And it's just like, we got it, bro. And I was like, okay, <laughs> hope, hope, hope you do good. That'd be funny if Snoop was like, yeah, man, give me some pointers. Give me something. <laughs> hey, so I, is I, that, yeah. like in that clip that you played, is, are they going back and forth? Let's see. Got me feeling like Chick-fil-A was open on a Sunday. Snoop, I know. We tried. It was close. Wouldn't that be great? Check it out. This a hit. You when you tell the story, <laughs> I would I would never have thought that were the case. I that, know. That is such a great story. I know. And that's and the deal is like, I I would love for people to believe, and I think people are like, oh man, what was it like hanging with Snoop? And it's like, oh dude, everybody does this remote. Like I wasn't, I would I would have hung with Snoop, but we didn't. And so part of it is like, I think it sounds like Snoop and I are just like best buds, like throwing it back and forth. And in reality, it was a very stressed out me. That was probably like seven thirty five a.m. I'm like, what would I want him to say? I'd be like, oh, Snoop, I know we tried. It was closed. Wouldn't that be great? And I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. But uh, it ended up it ended up working out, but it was pretty funny to get there. Now in your bio, Ben Rector also rapped with Snoop Dogg. 100%. And Snoop, in, in that rap, Snoop says, you know, I, I don't think I'm extrapolating too much from this, but he said, we, you know, there's only, there's only Obviously, one other person. Obviously, you and him. We've got that hustler flow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm happy to accept that from Snoop Dogg. Did I pay him to say that? Yes. But he, I think he meant it. I feel he meant it. A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com you're at the University of Arkansas. I maybe 
I think the story that I, I read was maybe your sophomore, your freshman year. Mm-hmm. Like, do you enter a song in a contest? Yeah, it was a John Lennon songwriting contest, which I had no, I don't think any business entering. I don't know what made me think that I should. And so I did. And then uh, I won it, which was crazy. And who's in this contest? All over America? All over the world? Yeah, it's it still goes on now. I haven't followed it. It's just basically like, I, I don't know if there's rules against professionals, but it's just like enter your songs to be considered. And they had like, you know, judges who were like cool. I don't remember who they were, but it was like hip people. What was this? A song that you had just written? Was it a Euromart song? It wasn't a Euromart song. It was, a, it was an original, uh, just one of my songs. I had made like an EP over Christmas break at Oral Roberts University, which is a Christian university in Tulsa. They have a studio that we used. And um, I entered that song. And yeah, I got a call, like, I don't know how long after that. And someone was like, is this Ben? I was like, yeah. They're like, you won. I was like, I won what? Like, <laughs> you won the John and Songwriters. I was like, incredible. That's awesome. Um, and th- th- it was cool. I mean, nothing like major changed for me then, but it was really cool to get some affirmation to be like, oh, hey, like maybe I could do this. It what was cool. do you win though? I, it was actually quite cool. It, they, it's at that point, it was sponsored by Roland and somebody else, and they just were like, it was kind of a lot of. I want to say it was like ten thousand dollars of stuff, and so I got to pick out like pedals and the piano and some cases and whatever. It was, it was. I was like, this is incredible. It was awesome. So practically, mm-hmm. it was amazing for what you were doing. Like yes. with the, the stuff that you could. Oh yeah, no, I, I used like that piano and yeah. some of that stuff for like a long time. But I think the biggest takeaway was just like, you know, I'm just like making all of, I still am making all of this up. But then I was just like, I don't even know if, am I really doing music? And it was cool to have any outside anything be like, hey, you're good at this. I was like, oh, thank you. That's awesome. When did you start to feel the sort of underground buzz mm. that made you go, wow, this is not that you don't deserve it or you aren't talented enough, but you can be both and and still not get it. A hundred percent. I think honestly, man, uh, so second semester of freshman year, I started playing on campus and people would like come to shows, but it was usually like, you know how it starts. It's like your friends are excited about it and they might bring a couple friends and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. And the summer in between freshman and sophomore year, everybody took, everybody that had bought my like EP home they, they took it home and shared it. And so like the next year, there was a bunch of people like, I'm making this up, but like Kappa Kappa Gamma at K-State wants me to come play at like the Walkathon for charity, a bunch of stuff like that. And so that next year I was playing in other places. And basically like when I would come back to those places, I would realize I was like, I don't know anybody here. Like none of my friends are at this show. You're just here, I guess, because you like this. I think like probably sophomore year, I started to realize that it was like I stopped knowing people at the shows and it was just like people. And I was like, oh, this must kind of be working because it's not like my buddies and their friends. It's just like strangers. So I think probably maybe sophomore, junior year, it felt like it was like I was being pulled by like a ski boat rather than like trying to like paddle myself, you know? And is that the time when you thought, all right, this is it. Like I, I got it. That's what yeah. I'm going to do. Not maybe, I, I do, not I have it in that I'm really great. And I'm going to mm-hmm. rock this. Mm-hmm. But like, I got it. Like I've kind of found my purpose. I, yeah. I think um, my parents' practicality rubbed off on me in that like, I was never the like, I'm just going to like go out to LA and chase my dreams. Like I just, I'm not really wired like that. And um, so I think that, Probably yeah, probably like junior year, I started being like, I think this is my job. Like I, it, it, there was enough stuff coming in, and I was missing enough school 
And we were at that point starting to play like actual venues. It wasn't like just bars anymore. Like I remember we played the House of Blues Dallas and just felt like we had like won the Grammys or something. Um, I think when that started happening, it was like, oh, like this is this is probably what I'm supposed to do because it was enough of a wave. It wasn't like, oh yeah, it's like Ben plays covers at a college bar. It was like, oh, it seems like people are actually enjoying this. So I'd say, yeah, that's kind of like when I was like, like, oh, maybe I could do this. I mean this in the most complimentary way because I feel this way about even me at a point because I've shifted and done all the different formats. I've done mm-hmm. hip hop, I've done pop, I've mm-hmm. done country. Mm-hmm. You're a bit genreless. I know, yeah. Which is great and at times can also be frustrating. Totally. So being a genreless artist, mm-hmm. like was there ever anyone that said, hey man, pick a lane, like pick a lane and dedicate to it? And I, you know what's interesting is like, I was super fortunate to come along at the time that I did because you could kind of like choose your own adventure. Like it was just when iTunes was like really happening and there wasn't really as much of a ceiling anymore on independent artists, which was awesome because I was like, oh great, like I can just like make music I want to make. It seems like people like it. This will be great. But because of that, like I also wasn't in the infrastructure of the music industry. And so I was kind of like, uh, uh, like an overgrown cottage industry musician where it's like, oh, like <laughs> if there's like a type of like a dwarf tree, I was like a tall version of that. And so um, because I wasn't on a label or anything, there was nobody being like, hey man, to like really have this blow up, we need you to make like folk music only or we need you to whatever. I was just like, I was A&Ring everything and I'm like making the records. And so um I'd say later on in my career, like now, it is occasionally frustrating because you're like, oh, dang, like I like I envy the infrastructure of country because it's like, hey, like there's a there's a playbook here and it's not necessarily that simple, but like there are lanes for people making this kind of music. And for me now, it's weird because like I'm kind of in the same lane as like Dua Lipa, like I'm kind of in that lane, but I'm I'm not really that, but I'm also, I'm not really in the like folk Americana and so um, I think in hindsight, it probably would have behooved me to be like, oh, like really drill down on like one thing. Um, but it's just kind of a, a time and place thing. Like I, if, if I had been come along 10 years earlier, I probably just would have signed because we've talked to like labels on every record. And it's always just been like, I was a little bit too late. Like senior singer songwriter music was kind of like coming down in popularity as I was coming up and it just never really made sense for me. So if it was 10 years earlier, I probably just would have signed and done it. And because I came around a little later, it's just like, yeah. And so um, it's always kind of fallen on me to sort of creative direct that stuff, which is good and bad. Like creative freedom is awesome, but sometimes it would be great to to have somebody be like, hey, like we're going to plug you into this lane. And so now it's just kind of, I'm just sort of free floating. You know, how I relate to that a bit and why I asked that question is when I was doing pop i was too country to do pop when i did country i was too pop to do country when i did hip-hop when i did sports i was i never i never quite fit anywhere sure but i was able to go anywhere right and there is a power in that Mm -hmm. that i could go anywhere and i'm was extremely and still am extremely versatile Mm -hmm. but again i never i was never a part of any group totally that, that just welcomed and embraced yeah if anything people obviously i wouldn't be at the point so I'm not I'm not whining about it because it's been great. Yeah, but I never had just a group that said you're one of us. Let's go together. Sure. And I was good at what I did. Heck, I'm great at what I do. Mm-hmm. But there still wasn't. And and I just I can feel that at times with you as well. You're great at what you do. But Thanks. you know, 
there's really not a lane that says, come on in. Right. And, and I think, I, I think the real difficulty is I, there are, I think those lanes do exist, but I think like, especially in the last 10 or 15 years, they've changed so much. Like the definitions of formats at radio, uh, have changed a ton. Like we think about that a lot with this record where it's like, there's songs that I think could do well. And like, people are starting to play the living my best life, the first single, which is great, but there's not like a total lock fit for me for a lane. And it's funny. Cause it's like, really like it's pop music, but what pop radio is or looks like today, it's like a little bit odd for that. Like it doesn't totally fit. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and it is a challenge. And I think the place that it's a challenge is mainly just like industry stuff. Yeah. Cause I, big picture, people can kind of find what they want to find. And like, I've been super fortunate to have like people be like, we like this enough to like have it be a thing. It's really more the kind of like uh, internal industry stuff that's a little bit tough. Cause I feel like I always joke, I'll use the, the like office space. We put cover sheets on the TPS reports. I was always like, if I make a good enough report, it's not going to matter. And I realized in the internal like industry stuff, it's like, no, nah, I mean, you still, you needed a cover sheet. We, on the TPS reports, TPS reports, we have cover sheets. And it's like, oh man, like I, I didn't get the memo on that. I just didn't, I don't put those on there. You know what I mean? I think I heard it on the pulse. Mm-hmm. I listened to, on, cause I have serious too. I listened to mm-hmm. the pulse and listened to the nineties on nine. And, yep. But I think I heard your new single on the pulse. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And they, they're, they, a oh, man are so great. Um, huge shout out to them, but they, so they just started playing it. And it's honestly, I feel like, uh, for me especially, radio has always been like an interesting endeavor. Uh, but for whatever reason, again, with me being like, maybe this is just going to work, it feels like there's a little bit of like a thing happening where stations are playing it that I didn't think would. And it feels like people are like, I like this song, I'm going to play it, which is like incredible. But I don't know where that will go. But Sirius has, has been super kind to like start playing it, which is super awesome because I'm, I'm not... I'm not like on Universal or something. It's right. just like me and Greg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here. <laughs> Let me play some of uh, Living My Best Life. Here you go. I'm living my best life. I wake up with the sunrise. It does not look a thing like I thought that it would. But I've been getting my steps in. And I sleep with my best friend. It's the best that it has been in a long time. I'm living my best life. Whenever you see the the art for the, the Joy Music the yeah, record, yeah, the Red Creature, and I watched. I think I watched you do a whole Q and A on it. Yeah, but I'll, but I'll remove what I kind of already know and just yes. have you explain it to me. It's basically you and what looks like a Muppet. Yep. I don't know if a Muppet was the the you know in the genesis of of the idea. Yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. Um, basically, I had this crazy wild idea to make kind of a creature that would embody joy because I started realizing the record was going to be called the joy of music and kind of had the idea to be like, let's make this short film, which is like music videos for the record together with one narrative. And, um, I was like, I've never seen anybody do that. And it would be so awesome just to like get everybody in on this joke with me. I transparently can also like at shows and stuff, like throw the like spotlight onto this thing and like have it do stuff and like get a little bit of a break. And also it just sounds super fun to me to get to do something creative like that. So I sketched out some stuff and I was like, who could build this? Looked all over the internet. Jim Henson's Creature Shop is like the best in the world at this. They make them up. It's in Sesame Street. And like anything that looks like that, they made Where the Wild Things Are, like all that stuff. Um, we talked to them and it was 
expensive. And I was like, I don't know if this is like, are they going to, this is going to be a big enough project for them that they're going to like do a great job. I'm worried that they're going to be like, oh, we got the new Star Wars movie. Sorry, kid. Like, here's your like silly creature. It's like Snoop. They make one and that's it. Right. <laughs> like, here you go. It's, it's got a wiener on it. Right. Like, I, mean, I didn't want that. No, but no, but so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to like figure, I'm trying to feel out like, how's this going to go? Talk to another group. And so went, realized that Henson's was the way to go. So talked to them and they, dude, they were the best. It was a dream. And so I'll, you know, I think you'll probably pick up what I'm putting down here, but this is kind of the party line with joy. What actually happened was I sketched it out. Their artist sketches it out better. We kind of like start diving in. They start building a prototype. They're like building this giant suit. I went to their offices in New York and like tried it on and gave notes and we got really close to the end. And they're like, you're never going to believe this. There's a guy that looks just like this. And he lives in Nashville. His name is Joy. And I was like, why didn't you just tell me this when we started out? So what had happened was Joy is just living in Murfreesboro, just a giant red creature. And he had talked to Henson and he was like, I want to be in the Muppets. And they were like, you can't be in the Muppets. We make the Muppets. And he was like, oh, bummer. And so when this happened, I just ended up casting him in the film and they helped me find him. You know what I mean? I'm confused with references to him and him living in Murfreesboro. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's, mm. you know, what I'm going to say is the older you get, mm-hmm. it can be harder and harder to believe that joy exists. Got it. But there he is, you know? And you, now you guys are close. We're tight, man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's actually <laughs> staying at my house right now. He's Got really it. great. He's a really good guy. And will joy come to shows and be ever present or make appearances? We're kind of, we're in talks with him and we're trying to figure that out. Um, you know, as the as the short film has started to come out, he's like a little bit like, well, I don't know, maybe I got to consider some other options, et cetera. But I think he'll come out on the road with us. Will he need his own bus? For pretty much, <laughs> you know. I mean, you 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 would be you can kind of tell on the cover, but um, it's so much bigger in real life than you would think. Like you and I couldn't get our arms around him. It's so big, that large, huh? yeah, really big. I mean, I initially, when I saw the art, thought it was probably just like a foot and a half tall. Oh, no. He, I mean... I noticed next to you, he's large, but I thought... Yeah, I oh, blew, no, blew no, 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 no. I mean, really and truly, man, it is... So before uh, everything came out, we kind of had Joy walk around Nashville one day. And we went to 12th, where I used to live. And, I mean, you can see Joy from a mile away, and it is like a, just the most giant thing it's wild it's truly crazy do you expect joy to be in your future creative process or is this a one album thing you know i don't know I'm, or, or I'm, a spinoff into book kids book i just wrote no, a kids no, book no, so. no joke so kind of joy has started to express to me maybe some interest like maybe he wants to make some music and i'm like well we could talk about that ah. so you know i could see that offshoot happening and then honestly we have talked about him doing some kind of a you know, because these kids so far love him. My kids are like, truly like, love him more than me. So maybe, maybe we'll do that. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. One of the other songs on the record has Kenny G. Mm-hmm. I watched, and I'm not done with it yet. Have you watched the HBO documentary on Kenny G? No, I've HBO heard it's, Max? I, I've it's, heard it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I've heard it's rad. And Kenny G is more than just a saxophone player. Dude, so I I can't say enough good things about Kenny G and my experience working with him. The best guy in the world. And he so he was the first person, he was the first like quote unquote feature on the record. There's a song with saxophone on it. And I was like, what if we got Kenny G to play this? So we get with Kenny G. He's awesome. I don't know if it's going to be like, I'm just going to shred over your song, have fun, or if it's like we work on it together. And so he sends his first pass. And I, I literally, to him in an email, is like, I don't know how this goes. Is this like you're Kenny G and you give me the sax, good luck? Or do I give you notes on the sax? And he's like, oh, Ben, let's like make it what you want it to be. So like we go back and forth. And the coolest part of the whole thing, it comes, you know, he's like, man, I've had a great time on this. I'm I'm really glad I got to do it. And I was like, that's so kind of you, man. And so like, I'm getting ready to kick it over to my manager to work out like whatever financial arrangement we're going to have. And he's just like, man, don't worry about it. I I loved, I loved it. And I was like, Kenny G, are you kidding me? Like, are you serious? And dude, he just the kindest guy of all time. And was so fun to work with. He was he was a blast, man. You'll like the HBO Max documentary since you have a relationship with them already. Mm, yeah, but it's just shows the many sides of him. He's also a big golfer, dude. Like you. Super into golf, and yeah. I so I this was like in the, the you know the very the very beginning craziness of COVID. But I was like, man, and we talked about that. He was like, we should play golf sometime, and I was like, oh, from from your lips to God's ears. How did you get so good at golf? And Jake. Oh, and it's like, hey, you know, Ben's really good. I was working, I was working with, Jay, I've worked with everyone, and I, I still suck. And we were talking about something, and your name came up, and he's like, you know, Ben's really good. And I thought, okay, sure, whatever. And then I see you on like the golf channel, yeah, swinging a driver outside your house or something yeah. like that. And then you're playing at Jake or at Jake with Jake, or at least at the same event, the Pebble Beach. Yeah, the AT&T Pro M. Yeah. So, man, where did so, this come from? Okay, so w- what actually happened was. Um, I, I played my Chris Wiley, 
of Euromart fame. And I, in eighth grade, I was uh, very large, seventh grade actually, I was a very chubby kid. And Chris is like six, four, like a hundred pounds. We were like the odd couple. For whatever reason, we decided to try out for the golf team. None of us being good at all at golf. And the deal was like pretty much nobody tried out. So we both made it. No instruction, no anything. It was literally like childcare pretty much. So we, <laughs> my mom would drive us out to the middle of nowhere. It was really far away. And literally like, I don't remember a coach speaking to me. It was just like, you're here, hit balls, I guess. So um, I stopped playing after that. And I wouldn't really consider that like a history with golf. It was like one year for like a fall. I like hit some balls kind of. I asked Chris, I was like, how bad were we? He was like, I don't think we broke 120. Like truly, I I think we were like not golfers. So after college, you know, I was like kind of looking for a hobby. And then I started touring more and Hillary, my wife, I would come home and she was like, you really need to find a hobby because I would go from being on the road, moving a million miles an hour. And then I'd kind of be like bouncing off the walls at home. So her dad gave me his old golf clubs and I started playing a little bit. What age? Maybe 20 four-ish. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm um, jealous with what you say. I, I'm always like, these kids that are good, they started at 11. They were rich kids. Yeah, no, I, and, and, and I, I honestly did, my greatest regret in life is that I didn't play golf. Because I, I, I had so many years I could have played and instead it was like, it doesn't matter if I can like field a grounder now. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, and so basically I, I started playing like a little more and then probably like five or six years ago, I was like kind of getting into it in a real way and I was like, I should join a club here. And so I joined it, the place Jake plays. And that's when I got like actually serious about it. And so I, I just started playing with people that were better than I was and like practiced. Do you ever play with Carney? Uh, dude, you know, it's so weird. I don't know if we've ever played together and we've talked about it. I see him all the time and I feel like we just keep like our schedules don't line up, but I need to play with him. He's also a guy that's annoyingly good. I've no, he takes I've, it really, I've played with him. He takes it really seriously yeah. and, and you're jealous because he does multiple <laughs> things really good. Um, you're, we're in, you should come hang out with our group though. We, we have a, t- a field grounders club. No. We all sit, yeah, we sit around at field grounders all day. I can't tell you, I feel like you're joking. Yeah, of course. Yes, I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought maybe le, legit, if it was like home run derby, I'd be like, let's do we this. We do that though. We do home run derby too. There's a little baseball field. You think, uh, now this I'm serious about. Okay. There's like seven of us and okay. we'll go and there's a, uh, it's probably a uh, field for like 12 year olds and we play home run derby. Oh dude. I mean, that that's the exact kind of pickup sports that I miss. We, I got a call last, do you play basketball, pickup basketball ever? I messed up my ankle really bad a year ago and I haven't done anything like that since. I also am nervous about playing again and i have a, a lot of friends that are like hey let's play mm-hmm. and so i've been considering you can tell me if you think this is lame or not hiring one of these coaches that coach like 10 year olds to come out here like, at a basketball <laughs> court and like work with me honestly that's a great idea to make sure that i'm back in it and- oh dude i i think i think it's a great idea it would, it would be an enriching experience i feel like any any new challenge is awesome i feel like the older you get it's easy for me to be like i don't want to do new stuff and it's, i think it's rad when Let's go back again. So you're you're at, did you graduate college or leave mm-hmm. early? I graduated. I mean, just nice, just barely. I, it, it was to the point. If I had had two more years, I don't know if I would have finished. And I vividly remember. So I played 200 shows in college, which is insane. It was like every weekend, Thursday, I'd leave, come back Sunday night. I remember one time getting back to class on a Monday, and they were handing out scantrons, and I was like this is bad i didn't know we had a test today which is i i try to like take stuff seriously so i kind of came in for a crash i had to keep a certain gpa for my scholarship and i was like just barely barely slid in so 
where did you move to when you graduated college? I moved to Nashville. So basically, I, I was going to stay in Fayetteville and um, a couple, I, I, there was like a core of Nashville singer-songwriters that I like looked up to and played some shows with. It was like Dave Barnes and Matt Wirtz and those guys. And Dave was like, you should really move to Nashville. And I was like, Nashville doesn't need another like guy with songs about his feelings who plays guitar. <laughs> like you guys are chock full of that. And he was like, you should just consider it. And so um, ended up moving right after to Nashville. And like, yeah, it was literally like, finish college, finish like an EP, drive to Nashville to like find a place to live. It was like that. Does this place feel like home to you now? I think it does. I, I there, The only part that doesn't is I didn't realize that like Oklahoma, I think I grew up thinking Oklahoma was Southern. And I think some Oklahomans think that, but it's really like cowboy South. It's like a different flavor. And so I've realized I'm like, oh, like I actually kind of miss Oklahoma because that's like my like, native tongue that's like like I'm, I'm so used to that um and so i think nashville totally feels like home but there's still a little bit of like oh this isn't exactly like where i grew up and i think i didn't expect that because when i moved here i was like yeah it'll be like oklahoma and it's like oh it's a little different but i like it um, again my wife's from fort gibson and i always assumed oklahoma was the south it was just next to arkansas totally and it's and it really is not it's just a different brand and it's yeah it's not yeah and she doesn't even think of oklahoma as the south and not only that, she's like, "Hey, we weren't on the bad side in the Civil War, <laughs> right? <laughs> we, we weren't even a state. Yeah, probably. she was like, we right. weren't, we weren't in it. Yeah, we can, weren't a state. Totally. No, I, I think, and I think some people in Oklahoma would claim like being Southern, but I think that like when you meet someone who's from like Alabama or Georgia, it's like, oh, it's not, it's not like that. You know what I mean? It's kind of its own thing. Here is a clip of Supernatural featuring Dave Cause from the new album. Let's do one more. Here is Dream On. Dream on, dream on. Even when you're afraid, all your dreams may be gone. Dream on, dream on. When the world says you're crazy, just tell them they're wrong. Dream I was looking on. at some of your tour, mm-hmm. and you tour not like a country act, which is even when, when I tour, if I'm doing stand-up or we're doing our musical comedy group, we tour like a country artist. Yep. I got a job. I got yep. to, you know, we'll tour maybe Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, mostly just Friday, Saturday. Right. And then I have friends that aren't in country music and they just go and stay on the road. Just like knock it out. Yeah. You're kind of a hybrid of that. Like there are times where you're out there for four or five, six nights in a row. And- yeah. I, and, and so um, I used to do the like go out for like two solid months, be gone the whole time. And I think just having kids, I was just like, oh, I, I, I don't want to. I, for a long time, I did music like it was like, a rental car or like summer camp. It was like a dead sprint. I was like, I'm going to like sprint as fast and far as I can and then we'll be done with this. And I think now I realized like, oh, this is my real life. So I need to like integrate it into that. So um, it's a little more expensive to not just be gone. But I've also realized like, I just, I don't think I would do well. It's at some point for me in the life stage I'm in with kids and stuff. It's like, I just don't want to be like actually gone for that whole chunk of time. So um, yeah, it it, just kind of depends like, I try to, at this point, keep it to like three shows a week, just like 
anytime I have a bunch of four show weeks in a row vocally, it can get a little bit dicey, but sometimes routing stuff, it's like, yeah, like we will just stay out, but it just kind of depends. When you do the new tour, again, I was watching on your Instagram where someone's like, hey, you're going to play the old stuff, the new stuff. Will you play the entire new record? I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying to figure that out. And part of me is like, I'll be interested to see like, um, it's the first record I've been optimistic about, and I, I just am like, I think it's actually good. Dude, were you the most sad person ever before this record? No, it like, no, I mean, it's like, no, no, no. You know, I, I finally had faith in myself no, last month. I, I think it's. I, I think what it actually is is like, I'm just I'm very critical of the stuff that I do, and so like, there's there hasn't been anything that I've released that I'm like, I think this is bad. Like I'm not like that, but there was always kind of an asterisk with stuff like in golf you know, it always felt like I wanted to make a little bit of an excuse where it's like, well, like I, that was, that one was a little toey. Like, you know, I, I, it, it, I didn't get all that one. And I think this is the first one that I'm like, I hit this one good. Like this is about as hard as I can hit this record. And that's a, it's a, just a funny feeling for me. Cause I think I'm used to being like, oh, I should have done that song again or whatever. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's just the first time that I've, that I haven't maybe that I've made something that I don't still feel like very critical of. I'm like, I think it's good. So part of me is like, I'll be interested to see what people's reaction to it is. And if it ends up being like a whole thing where it's like, yeah, dude, we got, we're going to play the whole record and other stuff too. If I had to guess, I bet it will be like a decent amount of the new record and other stuff. Cause I never want to be the person that someone's like, we came from Des Moines for this show. And like, you didn't play the song. We wanted to, I, I I want people to leave being like, that was awesome. And I don't ever want to be like, I don't want to play the old stuff. But I, I don't know exactly what songs will resonate or if it'll be like, oh man, people are as excited about this record as I am, so we need to play a lot of them. I, I bet it'll be a, a little bit of both. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com When you covered Shania Twain, still the one. <laughs> we, you know, we were playing. I was playing on the National Countdown show. We, you know, you can't. I was playing it on the radio. Like, why that? Why record that? Why put that out? Like, what about that song to you? Well, so I mean, in Oklahoma, country music very popular, and I feel like because I wasn't at an early age, like diving into like obscure random stuff, 
like country music was just playing. I, I love that song. It's like literally just one of the best songs I think ever. Um, and I also love with covers stuff that's like a little bit, there's a little bit kitschy, a little bit unexpected, kind of fun and funny. Um, not just like an earnest, like <laughs> this is like a very important song. Uh, Cause I feel like people wouldn't in- immediately be like, Oh, you probably would cover Shania Twain. But I think it's just like it, as a writer, I was just excited to play it every night because I'm like, it's such a good song. And then it, people on the road enjoyed it more than I expected. And so we're like, well, we have to like, you know, we should put this version of it out. The record in its entirety out March 11th. Mm-hmm. There are some songs out already now. Yes. Uh, the tour, you can go to benrectormusic.com slash tour. The Joy of Music tour, there will be special appearances by Joy. Yes, we can say that, yeah. Wait, I think we already. I thought we already said that. Well, I, I was trying to still give him an out in case he changes his mind, but he's going to come. Um, JP <laughs> Sachs, yeah, is going to come out on the road with you. Yeah, so he's basically we split the tour. He's in like the, the back side of the tour, right? Yeah. So yeah. basically, the the front side is a guy named Jake Scott, who's also from Arkansas. From Arkansas yeah. yeah, yeah, I know Jake a little. And bit. then um, JP, I just love his music. Like I, at the beginning of the pandemic, I would go for runs and I just like wore his music out. And he, Aaron Sterling, is who's a drummer friend of mine, plays for everybody. He played on his stuff. And so like, I know a few people that know him. And so when I was thinking about this tour, I'm trying on this cycle to just do stuff that sounds fun. And I was like, it sounds like fun to have JP Sachs out because I just think his music is awesome. So he'll he'll be on the back side of the tour. And then the first of three slot, there's two guys who I think are like the best young Nashville singer-songwriters, just both insanely talented. And so they're going to split that set. They'll like play like, you know, a few songs each and then they'll join in my band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, he's all over uh, starting in May. And it's one, two, three. I can just ask you, but I'm just going to count them out and be really annoying. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Looks like 20 shows or so. Yeah, it's probably like 25-ish. I don't oh, know what the final well, count was. I, I counted wrong then. All right. Maybe, maybe it is 20. You could be right. You know, it's, a, a, it's couple, a couple of them 21. don't go on sale yet. The one in Vienna. That's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's classic, yeah. classic. Uh, you guys go follow Ben at Ben underscore Rector because I'm assuming somebody has been Rector. There is a British photographer who doesn't post anymore. But oh, he, that's he, the worst. He beat me to Instagram. Actually, my social people were just like, he hasn't posted for a while. I think we might be able to get it from him. I'm like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's the worst. I know, it is. Because I have to go to, with Mr. Bobby Bones everywhere now. Because, really? Because one guy who wasn't posting from Virginia Beach named Bobby Bones, what's even his <laughs> name? He's just something he picked as a handle. <laughs> And there's, yeah, we couldn't get it from him. I was, I was just like, the, I was a little bit of a late adopter on Instagram. And then I looked up and some guy had it. I mean, that was when it was like, nobody used it. But he was, he was, at Ben Rector was quick. He's got it. Reed, one question for Ben Rector. Oh. All right. This is Reed. Or he does the, the cameras. He's running all the cameras. Here. No pressure, Reed. No pressure. No, he does this to me every time. Okay, yeah, okay. I come prepared. So now, okay, good. now okay. he's prepared. I used to just hit him with it. He'd be like, yeah, oh, okay, good. do you ever yeah. fart? Are, like, you, are you pretty much. Pretty are you much. are you from Arkansas? I am from Arkansas. Where? Yeah. Uh grew up in Benton. Oh, sweet man. Yeah, man. That's I all like, I do. I just hire us. Arkansas. Yeah, we're all we all work together. We're all cousins somehow. We track it back. <laughs> basically, basically. That's great. But um I've been a fan for a long time. Awesome. Um, Thanks. All throughout junior high and high school and stuff. And one of my favorite songs of yours is probably Thirty Thousand Feet. Yeah. So how did that song come about? And like is it a true story? So I would say that story is like an amalgamation. So it's like not necessarily like this happened like on this flight, but that's like a type of conversation that I had with a bunch of people. And I realized like, you know, I wanted to be able to write a song that was like from a place of gratitude, 
Um, but also acknowledging that like some of the parts of my job are kind of weird. So, uh, that's, it's a, it's a conversation that I had with, you know, a number of people and then I kind of distilled it down to like one thing. So it, it, it it did really happen, but it wasn't like, and it happened like on flight two, four, eight from Atlanta. You know what I mean? Man, that's awesome. I met Ben on a flight. Yeah, I thought, I thought really? it was. I thought that's what it was about, actually. Except, oh, that, wow. except that song was from 2015. There that's the problem. But yeah, we were flying to California. So it that day, I now remember this. I I think it was like some kind of was there like a radio festival or something in maybe Arizona. Maybe we weren't going or coming from the same spot. So that day, no joke. I think it's the only time I've ever done this, but I think I was in every time zone of America on that day. Because we woke up in the, on the East Coast, and we had to fly, connecting somewhere. Then we got to that place, and then I ended up flying from there to Central Time because I was meeting the tour later. It was a day. It was a thing. Well, you were still fairly nice. I, I, you, you're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say really nice. I'm like, hey, you're fine. You, you're were, very, you were kind. No, of, you were fine. Well, I think maybe one of us was standing in line for the bathroom, and I was like, yes. hey, Ben, I'm a big fan. You, you're right. Oh, and, wow. and you, you were like Billy, and I was like, no, Bobby, <laughs> but still, big fan. It's a huge fan. Yeah. Bobby Jones. And that was the first time we met. Well, listen, um, obviously, I'm a massive fan and can't wait for the whole record to be out. And just, I love that you chase, I won't say new concepts, but interesting ways to take concepts used in other parts of the creative space mm. and combine them. And not just Joy, but Snoop, sure. but the way you will choose a cover. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, there's no reinvention of the wheel, but, you know, there are different spokes that never been put in that specific wheel that you're doing that. And, Thanks, and man. so, I, you know, I, I really admire that. And I'm also jealous that you're really good at golf and you didn't start until your 20s. I mean, really good's a little, it's a little bit generous, but... I, Genetically you're, you're, blessed. You're, you're, you're probably good. No, I'm not. Not at all good? Uh, what's good? What, do you have a handicap? Yeah, I mean, around a 14. That's not 13 bad. 14. That's not bad. He had to really be able to... That's not bad. It's not. It's I like mean, when you're I was, eating I was, food, I was, I was, you're I, like, no, it's pretty good. No, <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting on you being like, I'm like a 25. No, I can, on a good day, I can shoot an 84, 85. On a good day. I, so, okay. So, here's here what I'd say as encouragement. I was there probably five years ago truly yeah but i here's the thing with me my body i'll play really good for a week and then for some reason it just forgets yeah but it's, it's, it's and i'll, and I'll it's, shank it's, for a month 100 percent. i feel like it's like that for for me it feels like that for everybody it's just you're always like kind of like you're like this if if, if this is good you're just like always up and down but like the trend can be better i if you had told me five years ago that it's like, hey, you'll like shoot in the seventies a lot, I'd be like, that's never going to happen. Well, for that's, real. that's never going to happen. And it's going to happen. It's going to have the best training equipment. I bought it all. I, I so I, you have the foresight, which is like the one that sits on the ground. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you're cooler in every way. No, so no, you, 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 tra- no, tra- you said it. Trackman's better. You, you said it. Uh, all right, there he is, Ben Rector. Ben, thank you. Thank you. Uh, good luck with the record. Thanks so and much, man. You, when you come to Nashville. Um, hopefully I'll find a time on my busy schedule to come. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> All right, there he is. Thanks, man. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.